0: All right. We got here, Mr. Todd Sailor, entrepreneur extravaganza. I said extravaganza. I'm sorry. I botched that. Extraordinaire. Um, super excited it. to have Todd on here. There is a lengthy list of accomplishments that Todd has had. There's a lengthy list of things he does, businesses that he owns, charities that he provides to. But most importantly, what my favorite thing when reading your bio was, Todd, was that after all that, the most important was that you are a father you're a husband, you're a follower of Christ. And that—that that is the most important. I know that that's your mission. And you were pouring into us a little bit before. I'm really excited to dive a little bit deeper into your life and kind of what you're up to and serving the world.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Nice to meet you, Landon. Nice to meet you, Antonio. You guys are rock stars, man. I did my research. I'm super envious of all the hair that you both have. <laughs> and how young you are, and what you got before you, and I can't wait to share some things with you personally, and certainly with your with your uh, fan base here. So let's get it on like Donkey Kong. I'm ready to let it
0: rip a data chip. Let's go. Let's do it. So I mean, right before we started recording here, we were talking a little bit about all of our backgrounds. Why don't you bring it back to you know the earlier years? You had played football. you were an all American. Dive a little bit deeper into that, and then how that started to transition after that to the business world and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Let me help the
1: listeners a little bit. So before I get into all that, because that's a great question, that's, you know, you got to understand I'm almost 60 and 59 who's counting though. But at the end of the day, I want you to understand I'm on my last kind of my last leg of building companies. I own 14 organizations. Uh, We've had an amazing entrepreneurial run. Uh, These are 14 organizations we're running now. Right. And so the, brand I'm here to talk to you about is wired differently. And so when I talk to people, I let them understand I'm the author of the books, the brand, and the attitudinal disorder wired differently. And we're going to dive into the attitudinal wired differently because you guys wake up different, man. You go to bed different, man. You you love differently. You cry differently. You fight differently. You lose differently. You win differently. You don't give up differently. You stop differently. You do so many things differently. And I really feel like I'm with two of my kindred spirits here because we played this game of football. We gave of ourselves not only to the field and the aroma of the the spirit of the game, but to our brothers in the huddle, man. I love The huddle. I'm getting goosebumps talking about the huddle right now. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. The huddle. There's no place in the world like the huddle because the huddle is where we come together between every play and we sit down and we don't sit down, but we hold hands. Sometimes we get real close and we have no opportunity to do anything else but what's best for the team. That's why I love football. Now, we had some individual stars like maybe Landon throwing bombs down the sideline. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I got to catch a lot of those bombs. They weren't from Landon because he wasn't born. But at the end of the day, the idea of doing life together with a community, with men like this in this podcast, the idea of building companies and transitioning that individual side of football, but the team side of football, putting it into this mosh pit of a cocktail of life, That's what we're doing wired differently, man. My job is to build you personally. My job is to build you spiritually. And my job is to build you properly. God never said, go out there and be poor. He said, be successful. I've designed you in my image, right? And I want you to go out there and I want you to have my will. And that's why we're at right now. The book we're releasing is called Your Will Be Done.
2: Where were we at? That was amazing, Todd. I love you, bro. I've only (laughs) known you for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I fucking love you. I love the fact
1: that you can drop the F-bomb right now. Let's bring it on. We're real men in this world. God called us to be real men. God called us to get up and get dirty. God called us to go to war. God called us to lift big boulders. God called us to get shit done. Let's get it it on like Donkey Kong right now. We can't mess around. I'm 58 years old. You boys better get on the truck because I'm
2: kicking some ass and taking some names today just for you let's go let's go so you mentioned like you mentioned football and the huddle and everything like that that's where we kind of started and something that antonio and i can both really heavily relate to is the transition from your identity as this athlete your identity and all your work ethic goes into pouring into serving your team serving your your brothers you know trying to dominate on the field and and excel and you know there's nothing better than preparing and preparing and preparing and then stepping on a stage and executing At the highest of levels, and what if what we have found is nothing changes after those sports end. If you can find the right direction and find the right purpose, and 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 really the energy that you put forth to a sport to it to an endeavor like like a playing sports at a high level at the collegiate level, we were able to transition directly into that professional world. But we were lost for a little bit. We were lost for a little bit, and so I don't know if you mind sharing your journey from that transition and then just kind of where you what that transition looked like, what that journey's looked like up to today.
1: Yeah, I read that about you guys, and I, I literally
2: my heart poured out to you because
1: I know it's hard to feel sorry for successful people in this world sometimes. But I remember scoring touchdowns. I remember the parties afterwards. I remember the cowbells. I love the cowbells. I remember the cheerleaders. I remember the coaches. The coaches. I loved the. Co- I loved everything about it, and then you know it stopped because I was one of the fortunate ones that I was an All American split in. I was, they they changed the name back then because I was too slow to be a wide receiver and just a little bit mm, to be that I was a starting tight end the first two years, but they wanted a possession receiver. The guy that was not quite a fly boy, but I would go across the middle, you know, I would just always catch the ball across the middle. I had six concussions. It was back then you just lied your ass off. (laughs) I see how many figures. Okay. You tell me that's what we got. Right. And so that's how we, that's how we did it. But at the end of the day, I remember when, when the party stopped, you know, and then you had to like go on an interview. (laughs) like i haven't i just went out and did it right yeah what do we have to tell you what so we did an interview and then you were competitive in the interview and i did great in the interview and i only had one interview i got one job offer and i took it and it was on a corporate fast track with pepsico now here's where i could fill my void i could be a star well the truth of the matter was it was basically an assistant manager's job at a taco so here's the thing. It sounds good like PepsiCo, but at the end of the day, I was a Taco Bell assistant manager and I had to I had to, I don't know, put up with people all day long that didn't know that I used to score a lot of touchdowns and I had to put on a polyester vest and polyester pants and a tie and a visor. It was awful, man. <laughs> But I think what you're trying to get at and what I want to get at is at some point those juices kick back in and you just have to rechannel what made you successful on the field, rechannel what's made you successful in life. And I think I was able to move that transition and great athletes, great, great students do that. They're able to channel that gift that you had to succeed. And now one of the terms I talk about in my uh, book, Your Will Be Done. My first book was Wired Differently. Go to Amazon.com. You can get it, or you can go to ToddSailor.com. You can get any Wired Differently merch. You can get any books. You can get any workbooks. You can get any audiobook. It's all right there, ToddSailor.com. But the thing about the whole transition is, is that once you've learned how to be successful, your money's never going to matter. I want you boys, young men to pay attention to this because it's, it's i don't want you I'm, I'm going to talk to you right now because i don't want you i want, I don't want you to be striving to become millionaires i mean it's just it's just a waste of time. I want you to understand and harness the powers that you've asserted in yourself in early in life of actualizing your brain, actualizing the processes, building your subconscious to win, building your subconscious to do things that matter in your life that are pointing in the direction for success. So I want you to understand that the most successful people in the world know two things. Number one, write this down if you're listening out there. Number one, you know exactly what you want. And number two, you go get it. Mm -hmm. That's all that Jeff Bezos knew. That's all that Elon Musk knows. That's all that Bill Gates knows. You can call him what you want. But at the end of the day, we become obsessive over what we want. And if we make sure that that's a good thing, because a lot of people don't understand what's going on in the subconscious. A lot of people don't understand that, you know, God designed your brain in his own image. But at some point, he gave you free will. When you're growing up, the first phase of being wired differently, you're you're genetically wired differently. You got 1,000 trillion neurons by the time you're the age of three. Did you know that, Landon? crazy cocktail of what your personality is going to be but in phase 2 of becoming wired differently god really li- turns on your mind and he says now you have a subconscious and he gives you a prefrontal cortex and now you're making decisions on your own when you're a baby god's got you in his hand and he's growing your fingernails you have nothing to do with that he's you're pooping in your pants you you like you don't even know when you're going to poop you just poop right and if you're hungry you cry you don't decide to cry you just God's got you under control, but at some point, your prefrontal cortex develops, your mind develops, and now you can make decisions. And this is where John three sixteen comes in and says, hey, man, you want to have, spend eternal life with me in the kingdom? You got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. John three sixteen is pretty clear about that. But at one point, God had you, and now he's saying, this is what you have to do. Now that you have a prefrontal cortex and a mind, now you can make decisions. But the thing is, God never tethered your subconscious or your mind to the fact that He was going to be your Lord and Savior. He never said, Hey, if you chose me, I'm going to give you a great brain. He gave you free will. He gave you the mind to go out, kick ass, and take names. But He says, Come ask for Jesus in your heart so you can be one with me. And that's where we get the name of the book, Your Will Be Done. Because what we have to do is triangulate the two wills to be done. We have our free will. And then we have God's will. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So that is... God's perfect prayer, and he says, pray to him for his will to be done. So we know that we need to impose his will on our life, but yet we're roaming around here for a space and time with all of our own free will. We need to triangulate our own free will with God's will. Now, here's the dangerous part. I'm going on a a rant here, guys, but I want you to understand what's happening in your subconscious. Without Christ in your mind and in your heart, your subconscious, the driver that goes out to get anything you want in life because you're purposeful in it, your subconscious has no conscience. Let that sink in.
0: That's powerful. This is hitting me so deep right now.
1: Your subconscious has no damn conscience. It's just floating around. And you watch the pillow guy on TV, you're going to wake up with a thousand pillows just like I did because my subconscious didn't have a conscience at one time. You you watch pornography, you're going to ruin your life because your subconscious has no conscience. Your subconscious is being directed to look at love in a wrong way. Your subconscious, you think about this Kyle Rittenhouse who went out there on one day and he just was going to defend his territory with a gun. He's the only guy that walked out there with a gun because he'd been playing Fortnite all day long, but he didn't have Christ. I don't think he had, he wasn't controlling his subconscious. His conscience was his will be done. So when we start populating our subconscious without Christ in us, then our subconscious has no conscience. And so that's the dangerous thing I like to teach people is, is that, man, we got a powerful mind. There's no way. And I'm picking on Landon because I didn't see any videos of you throwing the football. Antonio, what position did you play?
0: So I actually played the exact position you did. So I was in that, that slot receiver tight end role. And I was Landon's, I was the slowest guy on the team and Landon's number one receiver. Just because I knew how to get open, we had that connection and it's lasted this long. It's crazy. It's freaking unbelievable. I mean, you
1: or me are clones because we knew how to break. We knew the five yard, the seven yard. We knew he was going to throw. If he throws the ball before we break, we catch the ball every time. Every time. Every time. There's no way any defender can stop us, right? The rep, the rep, the rep. But what I want you to understand is you drove that into your subconscious. I don't know if you we were believers back then or not, but you had the fortitude to understand how to drill these things into your subconscious. So once you've learned how to be successful, let's go back to the beginning. If you've learned how to be successful in football, in life, in checkers, or whatever it may be, you've learned how to program your your subconscious. And that's what we call the phase two. First phase of being wired differently is genetically. And then the second, I'm sorry, is creation. The second phase is actualization right? And you do that subconscious actualization with or without God. But once you add God to your heart, we do to the third phase of wired differently, which is salvation. So I want to make sure that we take people through the whole process of being wired differently, learning the power of the brain genetically, then learning how to program your subconscious, but then ultimately realize that that subconscious has no conscience. That's why we need Christ in there, so then when we're programming things for our will to be done with our free will, it's aligned, triangulating with God's will for us.
0: Mm. And that's the book, Your Will Be Done. That, that's one thing that I wish if I could go back during my playing career, I think I'd still be playing is if I had Christ in my life at that time oh. is that, that moral compass that throughout college, throughout high school, all I knew was just like, I grew up super middle class, very privileged never had to worry about anything. My only problem was that I never really had any problems. So I didn't know what adversity felt like. I knew manipulation and and my ability to just get whatever I wanted and and win. And it wasn't, I never really used it for bad, but I never really had the conscious around it. And then over time as my, I played baseball, that was my sport primarily when I played at a high level. And as I phased out of that, I you know, just sunk into depression because that was like my rock bottom. I didn't know anything else, and I didn't know what losing meant, and I quit on myself in that in that point. And mm-hmm. so after six to eight months, I started to make these calls out to God, and in January of mm-hmm. 2020, I found Christ. And that really just what is what really set me free because as we were building into this entrepreneurship journey, I started to realize what it was all for. And it wasn't for money. Money was just the byproduct along the way. Money was the tool. That allowed me to get what I really wanted, which was great relationships, a relationship with God over time, freedom. And I think that's so important. Tell us, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about what your relationship with Christ looked like in terms of like, were you born into this? How did it evolve? How does it play a role in entrepreneurship without feeling like it's a task sometimes? Cause that's how I sometimes felt like when I first got started, like, Hey, I have to get in the Bible all the time or you have to just like knock off the task list or else you're. You're going to feel guilty about something, but tell us like how to have a relationship with Christ in entrepreneurship in the modern world.
1: yeah, Landon I see you writing some things down, and I really appreciate that, and I obviously and Antonio's too. so I want you guys listeners out there to to listen to this podcast and these men on a regular basis they're they're spirit driven and uh, they want good, right. So, I want to give you something right now that everyone should write down. The North Star of your habits should be your identity, right? And so, I think we need to understand when we start to program our subconscious and we start to program ourselves, and then we realize that if we do or don't have Christ in our life, and if we want to have Christ in our life, we invite him into our life and we put him in our conscience, our heart, our mind, our soul, our subconscious. Now, we have a conscience, something in our subconscious saying, Don't watch that porn. That's not good for you. Don't go to Instagram and watch the the videos of all that TikTok is almost the devil. I don't know, man. You can't know where you can't get away from dancing bears and all kinds of stuff on there, right? And so, but I'm saying your conscience will work for you, not against you, because if you don't have a conscience, you don't have a driver or spirit in your conscience. Then you don't know right from wrong. You don't know what's going to hurt you as much as going to help you. But what I want you to drive here right now is, is the, uh, upon the heels of that question, is is that. When I learned that my identity was going to be different than a football player, then I learned how to reverse engineer this idea of where my habits should reside. So I think you all should think about what we do on a regular day as a habit, and is that, is that habit actually pointing to what our identity is? Now, I'm going to tell you the North Star my identity is to be a quality Christian entrepreneurial business coach and leader, right? But at the end of the day, I also have identities too. Some people want to be identified with Harley Davidson. Some people want to be identified with, I don't know, Corvettes, Jeeps. I don't know what it is, but at the end of the day and the, and the process here, I think we need to figure out really what our identity is so then we can reverse engineer our habits. And so the answer to that question was when I decided that I wanted to be a Christian leader all my habits were easy to make. Think about this for a moment. On a, on a regular, on a on a on a worldly basis, I mean, you've heard of Kobe Bryant, right? And and I love this of story. Course. So Kobe Bryant, and this is why I'm gonna just make it so easy on you guys right now, all you listeners. Kobe Kobe Bryant, when he was 17 years old, he got interviewed by I don't know who it was. it was a a TV or somebody, he was on the rise in high school. And he said, Kobe, you're a pretty good basketball player. You have aspirations. He said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, well, I was just thinking, could you answer us what you really feel your aspirations are to be a state champion, to be a high school All-American? He said, listen, he looked right at that reporter and he said, sir, I'm going to be the greatest basketball player to ever walk this planet. I mean, Kobe just cut through it at the age of 17 and skipped high school, <laughs> skipped all states, skipped all counties, skipped all American McDonald's. all He skipped college all together. He skipped it all because he knew he said, that's what he was going to do. And so the the reporter said to him, he says, now, the greatest basketball player to ever play the games. He said, yes, sir. And he said, Thank you very much. And he left. And so here's what I want you to learn from that lesson. And I think Kobe's definitely going to be remembered as a great all-time basketball player and the likes of certainly top, top. I'm not a basketball guy. I'm a football guy. But I love this story because what I want to ask Landon and Antonio right here and you out there in the listener audience is, did Kobe Bryant's life get easier after he made that confession or did his life get harder after he made that confession?
2: Yeah, he created a standard and regardless of how he felt, he put the standard over his feelings.
0: Right.
2: right? He had he had a vision. He had a vision and that vision changed his trajectory to where, you know, all of his actions were in alignment with that trajectory and that vision that he had.
1: Right. I, and so that last statement you said there was brilliant. But Antonio, answer me this question yes or no or th- directly. Did 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 his life, did Kobe Bryant's life get easier or harder after he said that?
0: I want to say no simply because the actions were harder to actually perform than just floating through life, but I think yes because he had the clarity and knew where he was headed. You guys nailed it, man. His life,
1: his habits now started to be clear that they were gonna align with his identity. And his life got easier because. When he was posed with the question of, hey, Kobe, let's go out and have some Budweiser. And he would ask himself, does that make me the best basketball player? No, that's an easy, that's an easy no. Hey, Kobe, let's go have some pizza down at the, doesn't make me the world's greatest basketball player. Hey, Kobe, let's let's stay out till two and party till we can't party anymore because we deserve it. No, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is that's how it had for me. Once I realized that my north star was going to be this Christian-minded father, I've been married forty, almost forty years now. I have three daughters. I have four grandkids. I did some stupid stuff, man. I'm, not, I'm like, listen, we we all have egos, right? And we all feel empowered to do things that we shouldn't do at some time in our life. And we, we I think God puts those in in our tracks to to. to sharpen us. But I think that story really answers that question, you guys. And
2: that's how it happened for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. So to go back to PepsiCo, right? So college football player, let's be PepsiCo, honest. Taco Bell. Bell, assistant manager to running 14 organizations at this point, massive entrepreneur, author, speaker. How do you get to this? Like, what's that journey look like from, from that point to today?
1: You know, you, your will be done. I mean, I'm going to go back to the book. It's my third book, and I'm going to detail that. But the first book was What Is Wired Differently. The second book is Drift Again, and that talks about why we're wired differently. And the third book is Your Will Be Done, and that's how to become wired differently. It's a brilliant trilogy of books. It takes you through the whole mindset of all that. But at the but at the at the course of going from Taco Bell to now, you have to understand that at the age of eight. I started making donuts for my dad. I was a donut maker. And my craft, my trade to this day is making donuts. I can make donuts uh, blindfolded. I can, I can do it all. And when I learned how to make donuts, I learned how to work with people. And I learned how to be in charge of people. My father was also the football coach, the winningest football coach in the history of the high school football game from 1960. Eight to 1976, he never lost a football game. 72 in a row, the longest win streak ever, consecutive, up until a certain point. So, and I'm actually making a movie about my father right now called The Tiger in Us. This is a tangent, but if you go to thetigerinus.com, you can see the most amazing trailer ever. Um, This movie will happen. My father's remarkable. The sidestep to that story is, is that his will be done right? He was wired differently. He, he taught me how to make donuts and play football and he taught me the game of life. He's 82 and things are really changing. But the interesting thing about my father is, is that during this 10-year win streak in 1972, I remember witnessing him on the field and uh, I would always go there and hand out salt tablets and water and help out. But this particular day, man, It was really different because there was no footballs. There was no helmets. They were on three quadrants. It was kind of wet out. And I remember looking over the one quadrant and all these players were crawling under uh, ropes, agility ropes. And another quadrant was over there and they were doing monkey rolls. You remember monkey rolls down and round and up and round and round and we were rolling in the mud and everything. But I was watching these high school boys do that. And then in the last quadrant, I was looking over in the corner and it was roughly 20 men and they had One man had another man over his shoulder, and they were carrying him like a fireman carried down to the end of the field. And it was going crazy because all of them had crossed the line except for one dude and the guy over his shoulder, and they were cheering him on. And five yards before the goal line, the guy fell over. He collapsed. And there was an uproar from all the players. They looked down there, and they saw the guy down. And someone yelled, man down, man down. Remember, this is 1970, 72, something like that. Man down, man down. They all run around. The coaches, they don't touch him. No one touches him. And they're screaming, get up, get up, get up. The coaches start yelling, get up, get up. The players start saying, you're going to die if you don't get up. You've got to get up. You can't quit. No one's going to save you. Get up, get up. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like a 10, 11-year-old boy watching all this happen. It's mayhem. And finally, this boy, I don't know how he did it. he picked up the other boy, put him over his shoulder, and he plotted the last three or four yards, and he collapsed at the finish line, and the entire team went crazy. He lived. He lived. My father saw me on the sideline over there and he said he walked over, and called me, he said, son, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, Dad, I, I never seen anything so crazy in my life. I thought, thought you were a football coach. I thought this was football practice. And he looked at me and he kindly regarded me and I'd never forget these words he said to me. He said, son, I'm not a football coach. He said, son, you, you gotta realize these men that I'm coaching, they're, they're not gonna go to high they're not gonna go to college after. They're done with their senior year here. They're, they're not even going to go to work on the farms with their fathers. They're, they're not even going to go work in the factories. You see, son, I'm not a football coach. And these boys are going to be it You see, my father knew what his will be done would be. And it wasn't just to win this win streak. It wasn't just to be undefeated. It wasn't just to win the game. It was to build these men to be better men. My father is not a football coach. He is a builder of men. And so I think, I think it's in my blood. You can't be around leadership and, and, and not have it seep out of you.
0: That gives me chills. That's, wow. so, you know those, those moments are, I'd give everything just to go back to some of those moments. It really, it really is so, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And, and go to that's,
1: ToddSailor.com. I'm, I'm sorry. Go to toddserra.com. But go to the thetigerinus.com. Thetigerinus.com, and you'll see a three-minute trailer of actual footage. You'll see my father. You'll actually see me as a little boy. You'll see me giving a speech to three thousand people about this life-changing moments.
0: Your will be done. We're, we're going to put all that in the in the description as well, guys. So feel free to click on it down there. You know, as as we near. The, you know, the, the five, 10 minute mark here towards the end here, and we could go for hours. This is, this is amazing. You know, athletes are wired differently. Those who really want big things in life and to drive the world forward are wired differently. And they have such an advantage, but also they have a disadvantage in the fact that the ma- majority of the population doesn't relate to them. And so how important is it to find your sense of community in this, in this world where it's so lonely, your friends back home might not feel the same way. A lot of people around you, your family might not be that quote unquote, wired differently. How do we tap into community and how important is that?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that you're a hundred percent on point. The beginning of uh, the whole idea of wired differently was the fact that people looked at us differently, that people looked at our obsessions differently. They looked at our drive differently. And I think that's where I felt alone. I felt like I was celebrated in one hand because we were having fun and winning and we were these, I, you know, these party, you know, these good time personalities. But then when it came down to taking that same attitude and putting it into life in my business and my family and my team, people thought, oh my gosh, I, I I can't be like that guy. He's, he's odd. He's, he's awkward. You know, I'd actually literally felt like a misfit. You got to understand this journey started before Facebook, right? And, you know, before Facebook, you just never talked about yourself or you, you were called vain, right? Uh, Conceited, right? And so there wasn't a place for me to talk about myself. There wasn't a place for me to broadcast, you know, unless I went on big time wrestling. (laughs) <laughs> and you could talk about yourself all you yeah. want back then because I loved the big wrestling because They were like, oh, man, Randy Savage, oh, I'm the biggest, the baddest, you know, and Hulk Hogan was out there ripping people up, and he was talking about how he's going to dust. You know, I love that because they were wired differently. They were proclaiming their victories before they had it. They were Babe Ruth pointing to the fence and saying, hey, man, you can stand around all you want, but I'm going to take that ball and go over that fence, and I'm going to do it right now. And so – I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to congratulate you, Landon. You're a misfit. Antonio, you're a stinking misfit, man. You you, you don't fit. You're never going to fit. Never going to change. Embrace it, man, because we are not called, watch this, to be of this world anyways. As Christ followers, we are not of this world. We are designed to be
2: misfits. Amazing. Todd, what what's the vision? Where do you see everything going? So you've you've accomplished so much, right? What where what do the next five, 10 years look like? What's the vision for everything you're building and accomplishing and all the lives you're touching? Yeah,
1: you're doing a great job. I mean, the four the 14 companies that keep rocking and rolling, Heather and Sam and Todd and and all the team members, they got full control of that. They're running it. You know, the company started off as a little donut company. Now I own the donut capital of the world, Tom's Donuts. Go to tomsdonuts.com, the donut capital of the world. We have the world records. We're world renowned. We have the greatest damn donut ever created, and we are the donut capital of the world. PayserveSystems.com is the nation's largest 1,000 employee providers of HCM services in the cloud calculating space of UKG Ready. We're dominating in that space. I own three staffing companies. We're dominating in that state. But Wire Differently is where it all finishes. That's where it all comes together. Because now I think significance success turns into significance when you train and teach people how to go on without you, right? I, I can teach people how to live without my system, without me. Like everything I've created now works without me. Most people don't understand that that's really the decision if you can be successful is one thing. But when you get to significance, it's when everything goes without you. And that's what Wired Differently is here to do, is to teach people how to feed themselves, teach people how to profit, teach people how to grow themselves personally, teach people how to stay in the Lord spiritually, right? And I think that the best thing I can teach anybody is how to make life work for everybody else from what they started without them. And that's the final stage of Wired Differently. Teaching, coaching, and creating a syndicated coaching program which we have at ToddSailor.com. You can become a coach. You can be an entrepreneurial coach. You can get my coaching. We create a book for you. We create a software package for you. We create a website for you. We literally are taking your gift, plugging it into Wired Differently Academy, and I teach you and you can run your own coaching academy. You can run your own coaching or I can coach you. So I want to I want to share that. I want I want when 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 I'm at the spot where my dad is at 82 I can't wait for people to be kicking ass and taking names and they don't even need to have me around. That's be the greatest blessing ever.
0: And that that's the beautiful thing about the position that you're in is a lot of people coach in, in today's age. Now, a lot of people are creating coaching companies for money and, and it's all centered around for profit. Of course, we're creating businesses for profit, but you've already, you don't like from what it sounds like the business that you've created, you're not in dire need for money. Of course, like you're going to run it as a business, but you're at a point where you're genuinely looking to pour into humans and allow them to become leaders. And there's no bias. There's no animosity. There's no ego involved. It's really just trying to leave your imprint on as many humans as possible. And that's where I think coaching is the most effective. So thank I, you.
1: For I want to teach systems. Everybody's better with a coach. You are a better football player with a coach. You're a better baseball player with a coach. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, God is our, he, he, Jesus is an amazing coach. You know, he, We need coaches in our lives, and I think that we don't charge very much, $300 a month group coaching. But you're going to walk out of there with $100,000 of bottom line repercussions from following these wire differently principles, following the systems we have to improve your businesses. So I'd love to have you guys along. You you guys are inspirational to me. You give me hope, man, because this world's doing some wonky things, and we need you.
0: Appreciate you, man. One last question before we wrap up here, because I hear it all the time from folks that are older than we are, is that as you grow, you know, as you get older in life, your energy withers away and you're not able to take care of yourself as much. But you are the inspiration that that is not true. In my opinion, you said you are nearing your 60s. You have energy that is higher than most people in their 20s. How do you keep up with your energy? I know you're on a mission. I know everything's God focused, but also from a physical standpoint, how are, what are some of your habits that is keeping you mentally and physically sharp?
1: Yeah, I think positive mental attitude, PMA, is something we have to work at. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, man. Before I got on this phone call, I had a guy call me about some sprinkler system that was supposed to be a $1,500 job, and it turned into a $10,000 job. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I got to get on the podcast. I feel like crap. I called Abby. I said, <laughs> Abby, <laughs> jump me up, man, because I got these boys that are coming on and I got a $10,000 bill I wasn't ready for. And these people aren't. And it was a thing that they weren't listening to me. I'm like, I've explained this whole thing to you. And now, your greater <laughs> calling is your attitude, right? Your greater calling is how you react and how people see you and how they're around you. I mean, I could, could have said, garbage, but you saw my attitude, right? And that's my being. The North star of my habits is my identity. And I want it to be of energy. I pray about the the stamina in that regards. I think to my dying breath, I'm going to be encouraging. I'm going to be Barnabas. You guys are going to love this book, Your Will Be Done, man. It it talks about a lot of this. It's, it's available amazing. for pre-order, right? Yeah. Right now we're doing an amazing deal, right? For $29.99, you get the paperback for $29.99, you get the shipping for free. For $29.99, you get the ebook for free. For $29.99, you get the workbook ebook for free. And last but not least, for $29.99, you get the audiobook. My first two books, many people listen to them three and four times on audiobooks, and they go back to the principles and the glossaries and the things around in. I know everyone's writing books, but
0: mine are really good. I love it. I believe <laughs> it too. And I, I believe I'm, it too. I'm, I want to listen to Todd's voice in the audiobook. <laughs> we're diving in. We're
2: diving in. I, one one last question, actually. Sorry. Oh, I know good. we already oh. told you one. So th- this is the question we like to ask. Every all of our guests is the last right. question we like to ask. It's the cons- this is the consistency wins podcast, right? Consistency shows up in everybody's life to some level differently. Everyone has their own definition of consistency. What does consistency mean to you in your in your personal and business life? And how does that show up in your life on a consistent basis? So my
1: podcast this morning was entitled Applied Consistency, believe it or not. And I think just consistency is the consistency of understanding consistency. So like, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning because no one is successful without reps. Kobe couldn't, he had to shoot a million free throws, right? We have to understand our identity and the consistency of understanding that we're going to create consistency in our habits. I can't tell you enough about your habits and your programmed habits and consistent in those. You will never be successful if you're not consistent. That's a big statement, but it's true because if you're successful without being consistent, then you're lucky,
2: Mm.
1: right? So
0: that's where it's at, man. That's where it's at. Todd, you have been nothing short of spectacular. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for pouring into us. Thank you for engaging with us as well and asking us questions. You have just been amazing. I'm so excited to connect with you down the road as well and allow our community to get involved with you. There's a lot of things that I think we can help tap in into your ecosystem and continue to serve your mission because it's 100% in alignment with ours. Well, we've
1: got this Tiki Hut. I may hold your feet to the fire, man. We got this Tiki Hut retreat, November 8th through 11th, and we have another Tiki Hut retreat coming up April of 2024, we have people come from all over the country and I'm sure they'd love to see bright minds like you there. Let's stay in touch. Okay. This is my second of 20 podcasts. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I want to be your friend. Absolutely. Thank all you. Right, sir, sir. You much. Have a great rest of your day. Yep. You too.